and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. I'm John Ingle. And I'm Mitch Bryan. And today we're looking at Minute 98, which begins with Ripley continuing down the corridor and ends with Mother saying the option to override automatic detonation expires in T-minus... Go ahead, guess. How long? What do you think? And once again, we're joined by artist, musician, user experience, interaction designer, Christoph Nemeth, who is here on a Wednesday to help us learn more about strobe lights and blowing up ships. Well, I love doing those things. You live your whole life with a strobe light. I do. I do. In a black light room. There's there's a lot of drama to that. That's true. And, you know, between that and the use of it by David Lynch, I think I got all the bases covered in that regard can you walk backwards and sing in reverse uh, let's rock <laughs> <laughs> all right so Christoph, you mentioned a sound cut early in this i think we kind of got we kind of carried over into this minute a little bit in the last conversation yeah but with the strobe light and mm-hmm. her coming to she the comes corner. around the corner and yeah. then the strobe hits, yeah. hits her right so there's really interesting tension change there because we had talked earlier about all the sound effects that are happening. There's steam, there's the klaxons, there's mother, there's her panting, and then it gets real quiet. Like all that stuff sort of fades like when she's coming around the corner and gets to that sort of padded wall where she's backing up against. And the strobe starts. Yeah. And then just as it gets quiet, you start to hear that tick, 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 and I don't know what's making that sound. Is, is it that, supposed to be a strobe sound? Is it synced with the strobe? It's not synced with the strobe, hmm. from what I can recognize. Interesting. But so I'm wondering what it, what that is, because it's not music. It's it's yeah. something is making that sound, and perhaps it is the strobe. But the strobe always seemed it wasn't like a you know a one to one on off on off strobe. It's almost like multiple strobes are happening. Yeah. Because it'll sort of do almost like police sirens or lights where it'll be a bank of strobes hit and then fade out. And yeah. A bank of strobes hit and fade out. And so it's not synced up with that and it feels much more mechanical. He said on the um, commentary that they did actually mount strobes on the dolly so that the strobe lights would, mm. would travel with them and then he could activate them. He had a switch that he mm-hmm. could change the speed or do whatever he wanted to. Now, I don't think that that would be a wild sound because clearly all of this will be ADR. There's right. too much noise and there's probably, he's probably telling her what to do off, right. off camera or coaching or whatever. But since it's the first time we've seen a strobe, maybe mm-hmm. it's there just to suggest the idea of a strobe because we do associate that clicking sound with yeah. the strobe light, don't we? I I always have. I mean, we talked in the previous minute about the cacophony of mm-hmm. sound. There's a visual cacophony mm-hmm. that can occur as well. Or if you take a vision, visual image or visual element and put it out of sync Mm-hmm. How uh, with the with the sound, right? You, that's disorienting. Maybe he's just using as many tools as he can to disorient us. It, and it would certainly make us more more anxiety. The better during yeah, these scenes, absolutely. And that's certainly what gets raised, oh, for sure. right? And and I mean that's a super tense moment. I just I just really love that sort of gentle transition of. You know, not only visually coming around the corner and sort of preparing for, you know, getting to the next stage, but just the way that the sound changes to, in essence, change focus. Um, yeah. And and the, the, the camera shot is a lot tighter. It's not this big, you know, big hallway with her running down. It's it's getting up on her, too. Yeah, and it's, ex- so, it's an extremely yeah. tight close-up that we go to now with in the midst of mm-hmm. all these strobes. and. 
I think John, you were saying something about that. Is this the side eye shot that you were talking about? So this to me is one of the more iconic moments. This one in particular, maybe isn't as iconic as some of the others, but this is the first in what we'll see throughout the entire alien franchise. I, I, you know, I won't speak for the fourth one, maybe through the third one of this Ripley side eye where she's just, I don't know if it's because Sorgorny Weaver, there's something about her face or something about her, the way she, her performance, or if people were just in, you know, James Cameron and, and David Fincher were just using this from this movie as it goes along. But you get a lot of these moments where you're in real tight on the side of her face and you're getting her eye, you know, she's pulling into the periphery as much as she can. She's trying to see, you know, you definitely get it in the... Uh, She's trying to see around the corner, mm-hmm. right? right? I mean, you can't see sure. around the corner, but that's what you'd suggest. The same way as, like, in the space helmet later, right? There's a similar there's a similar look around the corner kind of moment right. with her for then, right? And Yeah, so in the space helmet later, we'll see it. You definitely get it at the end of Aliens when she's in the uh, hauler. The, the know, loader. The loader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again, where she's stuck in a place and, and she can't physically like actually lean around a corner and uh-huh. like, which is an anxious thing too. It's mm-hmm. kind of reminds me, it's a different thing because, uh, Polanski would do it with, with the camera, but it reminds me somewhat of that feeling that he would try to invoke in like in Rosemary's baby. He talked about how he would place people inside of a room just so that, and then place the camera just so that you couldn't quite see around in the mm-hmm. audience even though they obviously couldn't do it, would physically try to mm-hmm. lean around. He would, he'd say he'd sit in the back of the theater and just watch people lean and take this, you know, impish glee. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's, that's that. the... Bill and it's Fra- a similar thing. That's the Bill Fraker story, who was a cinematographer who was pushing back against Polanski saying where he wanted the camera. Right. And then Fraker said when he watched the movie, he saw all these people in the audience, you know, turn their heads, trying to, try to look around the corner <laughs> right. in the frame. So... Um, that's great though because it does set up we're going from this tight shot of her with that side eye to what her point of view is going to be and of course her point of view is the alien rising up into the frame and scaring everybody and her too and it's a really this is another very well executed moment with Mm -hmm. the alien to me maybe I mean when we get the reveal that's one thing that's a presentation of the alien Mm -hmm. to the audience for the first time the one with Dallas, you know, it's a little, it's something. Like, I, I've heard giggles in the audience when I've seen it in the theater with the Dallas, when the hugging, everybody always yeah. talks about the Give me a hug. mammy kind of yeah. thing or whatever. <laughs> and uh, this one, the, this one is the legit, authentic, scare the shit out of you moment yeah. to me. This is the one where it looks as real as can be. Mm-hmm. It's a nice point of view shot, so that helps a little bit. You can't and really just see all of it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just kind of, in, it's just taking over the frame. Yeah. yeah. And, and the music cue is great, right. too. I mean, that adds a lot. And you see it in such an interesting profile. And that's such what's fascinating about it kind of standing up and and because other shots are more face on you're seeing the face you're doing this but whatever those tubes are that are coming out of his back you see you see the expanse of the head and it's just like this is just a really fucked up thing yeah yeah it's really scary no what do we think he's doing What, what was he doing He's going. Right. He's going. <laughs> well, no, I'm thinking like he's he's hanging out over there, right? right. She's coming around. She would have yeah. just come around the corner. She would have run right into him, right? Right. Yeah. So here's my theory. He's looking at the cat. Well, uh, she has. She's still, still got the cat in her hand. Right. What? Yeah. When she turns the corner and looks around, she's got the cat in her hand. Right. It hasn't gotten. She still that hasn't set down the the cat carrier yet. Because she sees him and he stands up. It's yeah. like he's getting up. I, I, and I, that's why you see it in profile. I. Th- this is what I think. 
I think he was waiting around the corner for Ripley to come. But while he was waiting around that corner, he was tapping his toes. Going, come on. That, that was, I didn't want to jump the gun, but oh. I think that's where the clicking sound is. He's like, come on, Ripley. And he had just given out. And she just waited a few more seconds. He was about to turn around and walk away. It is an odd position for it to have been in to be ex- either anticipating someone coming. Why, why was he was he looking up at the side? You know, like, you know. It looks like he's doing something. Right. Mitch, do you think that this cut, do you think that this shot might have been him looking at the cat, even though the cat isn't actually sitting on the floor yet? Yeah, I'm completely confused because yeah, is the cat not still on the edge of the ladder? No, she's no. picked it up. She's run down the hall with it. Oh, she did. And right. she, she stopped it. around the corner. Right. And here in a moment, now that she's completely scared shitless by seeing the alien, she will slowly, this is something else we got to talk about, of course, she slowly kind of moves along the wall and sets the cat carrier down and then bolts back right. to the, and then we get this moment where, oh, where the alien, looks where the, at the alien's cat. sniffing mm-hmm. at the cat right. carrier. So again, it's just a cheap scare. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's tapping his foot or yeah. he's whatever, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> we know that it's on the ship somewhere and I would, right. it motivates her to realize she's not going to be able to get into the shuttle because it's in it's, between right. her yep. and the shuttle. Right. So yep. now the only hope is to go, with only three minutes left, because we hear that on the soundtrack, mm-hmm. with only three minutes left until the override is invalid, she's got to get back to the engine room and disarm the thing, right? Right. Right. So in this moment when she sees the alien, the, the score hits hard. Mm-hmm. We get a big hit from the score, getting a lot of strings and a lot of just big sounds. And then she turns to run away. The cat gets sniffed by the alien. And there's a really awkward and sloppy sounding cut the music just disappears and we go right back to our klaxon sounds and steam venting mm-hmm. sounds and it sounds like i said it to me it sounds like a bad cut mm-hmm. but i kind of wonder again is this was this an intentional bad i cut? think so yeah. i think it's an intentional bad cut i think it just rips you out of any comfort and i know that sounds weird but i happen to believe that movie music often creates comfort even in situations of intense anxiety and like horror and i think it's always scarier without music than with the music right. and so maybe it's just kind of like the shit got real now <laughs> you know she's got to get back and we're not going to give you any music to help you through that or anything but to john's point i think that what makes it weird is that it it doesn't cut on a beat right it's like halfway through the the, the measure or the movement and it's just like Ugh! And then, so it's, it's awkwardness feels like a technical malfunction than a, we're going to give you this big string hit, bam. And then you go, and then as the scene hits, the natural feel of the music hasn't resolved itself. Right. So it feels like, you know, it's like, it's like shutting the door in the middle of somebody talking to you. So is that a good thing? I don't know. I think I'm, I'm a firm believer that if it feels like a technical fault that it's not a good thing i i don't think you're wrong but i do think that with the intention of making this film for people to see in the theater and not thinking about home video and all the scrutiny that we're giving it i think it's very disorienting disquieting thing that could be very effective and i think that the if that's was the intention behind it i like it mm-hmm. yeah but now that we're looking at it this way it feels yeah right. i mean it takes me it takes me out of the moment for a second of course i'm out of the moment all the time watching this movie now because mm-hmm. of 
the deep scrutiny that we're giving it. But right. I don't know. It goes it goes either way. But if the intention was to just disorient the audience further in this scene, add more anxiety, do something to that effect, I like it. That's totally fair. Absolutely. And I think that, that you brought up the really good point of the presentation of the movie being in a theater. We're not going to go back and look at it and freeze it and think yeah. think about it in this manner. It certainly was probably not even in, uh, given a second thought. Yeah. And the clock may have been ticking to uh, get the release print finished or something, <laughs> yeah. too. So who knows? I mean, there's other things that could sure. also be why it happens this way. Well, that's it for me. Has anybody else got anything else for this minute? I don't. No. All right. Well, uh, you can find us at AlienMinute.com or follow us on Twitter at AlienMinutePod. You can also come over to our Tee Public page and buy a T-shirt or a coffee mug or something. Uh, also, come over to Facebook and join in on the conversation with us. And we'll see you tomorrow for minute number 99.